The Bob McGowan Podcast brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. I am McGowan. That is John Shannon that is with us right now. You getting ready for the what playoffs? Do mean, what, do you mean, what do you mean? What do you mean right now? I'm here every day. Well, I understand that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I am. I, you know, it's funny. We were a few of us were joking last week that you know there there are still enough playoff races, enough things going on. I mean. Winnipeg coming, you know, the rise of the Phoenix doing what they're doing the last couple of games. Calgary winning two late games on, on Friday and 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 Sunday. Uh, the playoff races are still pretty intense, um, and playoffs start on the seventeenth of April. And it it and and we already know Bob. We already know at least one matchup. We know the Toronto Maple Leafs are playing the Tampa Bay Lightning. What we don't know is, is where Game One and Two will be. Well, and that's an interesting one when you think that our, you know, Sheldon is, you know, doing the, uh, I hate I hate using the slogan because it's a basketball slogan, but the load management. Um, and they go and lose to Detroit. And why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you try to secure home ice before you start you know, doing that kind of thing? I, that's just me. But Well, that's an interesting thing. And I understand, you know, home ice is a seven game thing. You get four at home and three on the road. I remember having a chat with, uh, um, an NHL general manager, let's put it that way, who said that the, the, the team with the most points should get the choice of whether to start at home or start on the road. And he said he would start on the road. But still have four games, right? I guess. Yeah. I don't know how you do that exactly. I guess you have to play three three games in a row at home, but or, or play one or play or, or, or do it, do a reverse play one game at uh, on the road and then go two, then, two, two, then, two. I guess you could do it. You know, yeah. why not give teams that option? Ah, it's interesting. Because, yeah. I, 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 I know that managers every once in a while think I, our team would be better to start on the road. I just think that it's so important to know the final game of the series is on your home ice. Now, there's lots of lots of history that say, uh, you know, winning at home isn't that, that important or having home ice to winning isn't that important. Look at all the Stanley Cups that have been won in the last 10 years on the road. You know, yeah. Pittsburgh Penguins, Pitt, Pittsburgh Penguins have won three Stanley Cups in the last eight years, uh, and none of them are at home. Um, so, you know, is there an advantage to be at home? I think there is, I think in the Tampa Toronto series, I think home ice is really important. Um, but you know, maybe it, it, it wasn't important to Tampa last year. They won in Toronto in game seven. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Statistically, I think history would show that there is no doubt that you're, you're, you have a better chance of winning if you're at home, but it's not as big as people think. It's like fifty four percent or something like that. It's a it's it's a small small difference. Now, you know, are there teams that play better on the road than they do at home? I don't know about that, but there are teams that play better on the road than other teams on the road. So, well, well, and certainly, um, I think it's better for a veteran team to have that seventh game at home. Uh, I I do I wonder about a an inexperienced team, a youthful team. 
that is going to the playoffs for the first time? Would they be much more nervous playing in front of their home fans, or would they be better starting on the road, getting their quote unquote sea legs? Yep. I and, see and that to 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 enjoy, you know, the, un, and know and understand the pressure. But you know, this this thing is going to ramp up and ramp up quickly because all eight series are going to be electric. I think. I mean, the 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 the, the matchups. You know, it's well, not, a whole not cast in stone. There's so take, many good matchups going to happen, Bob. Well, take Boston. You know, you're going to get that statistically. Take Boston out of the equation. You got a whole bunch yeah. of teams that are basically equal. Equal, yeah, yeah. And you, you, and you take a look at that central division. You know, with with uh, Colorado and Minnesota, uh, who have really really done us Minnesota to me is one of the unsung teams that we just don't give credit to. We just don't pay attention to. And yet, you know, last week they went into Denver and, and beat the avalanche and, uh, and they're doing it without their best player. So that they're, they're going to be something that I, I think is going to be a, a real factor in these playoffs. And this was a team, remember Bob, they, they have so many, they've got dead, dead cap space because of the buyouts to Suter and Parise that Billy Guerin has done us a, a very good job there yep. in, in getting that fr- team and franchise back up to a, to being a contender. And they really are a contender. Well, Dallas was on top of that division for, Almost all season. Yeah. And now Minnesota and Colorado are one, two. So, you know, yes, Dallas has not played that, that great of late, but really Minnesota and Colorado have both, you know, got their a game going. Nonetheless, are they better than Vegas? Are they better than LA? How about Edmonton? You know, you got a, you got a whole bunch of teams that are really about the same. And, you know, something's got to break one way or the other. Yeah, and and it's the same thing in the East. Tampa, Toronto, uh, you know, Devils, Rangers, Carolina is going to play probably the Islanders. It looks like if if things uh, end up the way they are right now, and then the Bruins are going to play that wild card, whether it's Pittsburgh or Florida or um, one of those other teams that still hopes for a miracle in the last seven days of the in. season. Yeah, uh, Ray Ferraro is going to join us, and uh, let's get to him now. Uh, there's uh, Ray Ferraro. Hi, this is Bob McCowan for BetRivers.com. Hey, if you're looking for a sports book or casino app, you should check out the BetRivers Sports and Casino app today. Play all of your favorite casino games for real money anywhere and anytime. Plus, get in the action with each sports game with hundreds of sports betting options and get ready to feel like a VIP because you'll earn both loyalty level points and bonus store points on every real money wager you make. You must be 19 plus available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 or speak to an advisor free of charge. Bet Rivers. Dot com. McCown and Shannon back with you, and we are joined by uh, Ray Ferraro, who's uh, off to the airport driving in his car as we speak. It's that time of year, you know, week and a bit till the end of the regular season. You know, there are two factors that, that I think of at this time of year. I think of teams that made significant changes in trying to get your lineup set 
make sure everybody is on the same page. And um, late in the season, you want your team to play well, don't you? Don't you want to be playing well when you get to the postseason? Right? Well, yeah, I mean, sure, there's one other factor I'll throw in really quickly, and that's health. Um, sure. You know, you got to be lucky sometimes to, you know, to get to the playoffs and have your roster mostly intact or as much intact as you can. Um, you know, the best team in the league by a mile this year is Boston. And, you know, they've they've got the luxury of resting a couple of guys, Bergeron and Krejci in particular. Uh, Bergeron didn't play Saturday, Krejci, or Saturday and Sunday. Krejci didn't play Sunday. McAvoy didn't play Sunday, but they don't have Taylor Hall or Nick Foligno or Derek Forbert either. And, you know, so they're, they're kind of hoping everybody's ready and, that's one part of it. Um, the second part is the, you know, the playing well. I I find it pretty rare that teams are good enough to be able to just just hit the ground and change the direction that they've been playing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it's really it's really hard when the game it you know it gets I don't know pick a percentage ten percent more intense ten percent more. Um, meaningful each puck battle and each rebound and each save in the playoffs if you're not playing well at the previous level how are you going to get to the next one and and sometimes the series is gone before you before you even get started the the third one is all the changes ideally you wouldn't i mean well there's two ways to look at it ideally you wouldn't want to change half your team before the playoffs like at the deadline the other point is uh, to that is um, maybe that's been your plan all along that you're dragging up cap space and you're saving nickels and dimes and quarters and you get to the deadline and the places you want to really target shop, you can go ahead and do. Um, nobody's got the perfect, perfect formula or, or everybody would be doing the same thing. It's um, the best teams are generally the best teams in the playoffs. You know, best teams from the regular season are the best teams in the playoffs, but there's a lot of factors that, help that be the case. Yeah. Ray, firsthand, Ray, you saw the Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday. Um, what, what is right and wrong with them right now? Because uh, I'm one of those guys that when I see Latang play and Malkin play and Crosby play and Gensel play saying, why are they struggling to be in the playoffs? Well, I, I think you hit on it right there, actually, is you stopped at four guys. Yeah. And the bottom end of their roster gives them almost nothing. Like they, they really, really struggle to keep pace. Um, they don't get much production from the bottom of their lineup. And so if those four guys don't have it on a particular day, they're going to struggle. Their, their goaltending has been hit and miss all year. In particular, early in the year, Casey DeSmith couldn't stop anything. Then he's been on a, Pretty good run since, the, I'd say, about the middle of February. He's been really good. Chris Tristan Jari had a good start, and then he's since January, he's lost his way, and he's just mm-hmm. not been really as good as they need him to be. So a lack of depth, that really hurts them. It really, really hurts them. Um, they didn't really improve at the deadline. Mikhail Granlund has given them – you know, just about nothing. You know, he was kind of one of their big acquisitions. They're banged up on the blue line, you know, to our previous point. 
no Pedersen till the last game of the year at the earliest. Petrie just came back. They don't have Kulikov. Um, you know, like they're no Jan Ruta either. So that's four of their six guys. I'm with you though, John. I I keep expecting them to put together a run and to you know just solidify their spot. It looks like it's going to go down to the last minute. Yeah. I just don't. I just. I. I, I guess I. Had, I have so much faith in Sidney Crosby. I'm one of those guys. I have blind faith in the man, and you've seen it firsthand. And you. I mean, he wills his way to victory. You know, he. he I mean, he's thirty. I think he's thirty-four right now. So you're. You're obviously not going to be the player you were five years ago, and and he's not. But there is. There is something about him that you. The way he plays, the intensity that he plays with, the skill that he clearly we all overlook still. I, I mean, it, it quite it could be possible he's really still underappreciated, even for you know the brilliance that he's had throughout his career. I always expect around the next corner, here comes Crosby with a ten game point streak. Here comes Crosby and Gensel play so well together. I expect them all the time to be in the middle of it. And I'm more surprised when they're not because I, I just, I, I'm with you. I just, I just think he's still so good. I so mm-hmm. good. The, the guy that goes in and out for me is Malkin uh, Saturday. He was, you know, they, they're playing Boston. They're in a game. They need the win and they're out of it. They're really not playing very well. Malkin's got no factor in the game. And, and I just, he does that once in a while. They need him to be that factor because they don't have the depth to sustain it. What kind of a team would this would this be if it made it to the playoffs? Would it be a team you'd be worried about because of the big four? Or is it well, a team that you think is would just have overachieved and probably can't do it in the playoffs? I, I think they would I think they would be um not an easy out, but I don't. I. I mean, they would play Boston. They're not beating Boston. Right. Yeah. You know, like I. So that become they. They have a feel to me a lot like the 2015-ish Detroit Red Wings, who had made the playoffs 25 years in a row. Right. Um. You know, you get to the point where Zetterberg and Datsuk and Lidstrom are, you know, incredible legacy players, but clearly not what they were. I mean, how how could they be with all the extra games they played all the mileage on their bodies they just you know and then it just you know that was it the wings missed the playoffs and they haven't made it since and so that's that's kind of a little bit of what i i feel with pittsburgh because so much is tied up and i don't mean financially i mean so much success is tied up in the four guys you mentioned john earlier gensel latang crosby malkin and how do you, how are you going to replace those guys? Well, in fact, I mean, Ron Hextall went out and signed them to extensions, right? At least a couple of them. I mean, it's... right. So, so, but again, and John, you, you guys have been around long enough to know this, you know, is that, is that all Hextall? Is that Hextall plus a little gentle nudge push shove from management or from ownership? Um, right. yeah. Their, their, le- their legacy in Pittsburgh is, you know, I mean, the, the the fortunate draft history of Lemieux to Crosby to Malkin to Flurry to all the yeah. all those pieces all came together. Like, could you imagine? And I guess it happens. I and and probably at some point, the cold bloodedness of 
running a management team and an ownership group of pro sports is you can't imagine Willie Mays in a Mets uniform. Like maybe that's where they needed to go last year. They had the opportunity for a bunch of cap space to be available, but are you really not going to sign Chris Letang? Are you really, you know, they went down to the wire with Malkin. It seemed like Malkin was out the door and then he was back in. And there's a lot of pressures around the general manager's chair. I'm sure that mm. we never really got to understand. Yeah. The you, other you team that, that it's time to, to redo this penguin team. Okay, in theory, sure. Yeah, let's redo it. Though, how do you do that? Well, like, I understand. Probably yeah, no, deal at like, least one of those guys. Yeah, but so a we've we've spent the better part of two years talking about cap space or lack thereof. Right. So, you know, somebody's got to have the cap space to acquire one of those players because if you're redoing it, are you redoing it? on the fly or are you trying to rebuild because if you're trying to rebuild and you've got three of those guys they're never going to be bad enough to rebuild you you've either got to go right right to the bottom of the bin you know and which which owners or how many owners are saying you know what i hope we win 21 games next year and 30 (laughs) the year after and and you can roll a bowling ball around the stands and not hit anybody like this this rebuild thing it sounds great but it honestly it's like life lots of things sound great and then in reality they're not so great in theory they're awesome and the rebuild is there is no way around it from scratch to a playoff team is plus five years mm-hmm. if, if you're on the bottom if you're the team that's drafting Connor bedard this year are we really thinking that Connor's going to turn that franchise around by March of next year? I mean, they're in last place for a reason. Yeah, of course. They're good. Well, if you remember, Ray, Mario took five years to get to the Stanley Cup playoffs when he yeah, came out in 84. Finals, right, John? Not not the finals. The no, playoffs. no, just to the play, the playoffs. That's right. You know, that, that's, what made, that's what made Sydney, what Sydney did in one year, so remarkable unbelievable that they were able to do that as quickly as they could and so to expect that to be elsewhere yeah you know like that would be that's the that's like the guy that's a 22 goal scorer that scores 48 goals and teams think that he's the 48 goal scorer no he's a 22 goal scorer that hit lightning the, what happened with the crosby yeah the crosby years early on was was a lightning bolt like yeah. that that you know we went flurry malkin Crosby, Latang, all together. Like it all came all together. What are the chances a team is going to do that? And there's one other factor to this. The salary cap has created a parity that makes climbing up the standings in a hurry an impossibility. Yeah. So it's the, just team, too the hard. team you can't just go by. You can't go by. You got no room. You've got no you've got no money to go and say, oh, let's overpay for a couple of guys to support our new superstar, whomever that is. Yeah. All right. So the, the, the team that announced that rebuild to their season ticket holders uh, and slowly worked their way up uh, were the New York Rangers. You know, the, the famous Jeff Gordon, Glenn Sather, yep. 
letter to the the uh, the season seat holders. Uh, they seem to have put themselves in a pretty good stead after changing some management positions. And you know, Chris Drury arguably has done a good job, but they now they they're not clicking the way everybody expected them to. Is that that chemistry thing you talked about at the deadline? Uh, I, for me, yes. A um, couple of things about that about that letter that that they wrote. I thought, by the way, I thought from a marketing standpoint, it was it was brilliant. It clearly laid out what their plans were to go ahead, and they traded some really good players around that deadline. They ended up with Mika Zibanejad. Jeez, pretty pretty nice player to have. They already had Shosturkin as a draft pick. They were in the pro. They, I mean, whether they knew a hundred percent or knew that Adam Fox was only going to play in New York, they, you know, they had a, a future Norris Trophy winner in the queue. Um, so they put that together and had some pieces sitting right there for them, and they've done a, a really great job uh, putting together a, a you know a top end team. But my concern when I look at them is they fought and scraped and scratched so hard to get Patrick Kane in there after they had acquired Tarasenko. To me, their top six looks too much the same. It, it looks, it, it's almost like there's not enough pucks to go around. Mm-hmm. Um, we all know when you get into the playoffs that everything is, you know, half the battle is getting into the battle. It's to, you, you know, you don't have the puck. You've got to get it back. Who's going to get it back for them? So they've doubled down in a in a style that means when they get the puck, they need to hold it because when they lose it, they're not going to get it back as quick as they probably need to. Their power play is going to have to be really good for them. Um, I don't know five on five if if that team is going to be able to you know to really roll in the playoffs. Now, what if they get in a first round series against New Jersey? Now, you've got New Jersey's complete inexperience in the playoffs, but they play at a breakneck pace. Will the Rangers be fast enough to play at that pace? Will the Devils not lose their heads because they're all in their first real playoff series? And I'm telling you, playing in New York, and you know, I, I was with the Islanders, of course, and the intensity of playing in your metro area is is really something. And that I think experience will will matter to the Devils in that series. So, so, you, as, so you're giving the Rangers the advantage, then? I do, I, I do. Just um, I, I think, well, not I think. I know they've got better goaltending. Um, I really love their top four on the blue line: Lindgren and Fox, and uh, Miller and Truba. Um, mm-hmm. By the way, uh, Braden Schneider is going to be a really good player. He's going to be really good, and he's you know he kind of hangs out on that third pair there. I think their, I think their experience will help them enough in that series. I, I just remember our first playoff series when a bunch of us were 20 and 21 years old. And it was like, the thing was going a million miles an hour. It, it just felt like it was out of control the whole time. Uh, we all know the Boston Bruins have lapped the field this year and they're everybody's pick. But if you look around, there are, I think, six other teams, maybe seven other teams that have 100 points. There probably will be nine or ten by the time this, the year is over. You know, you're not a bad team if you can get 100 points in, this, in an NHL season. Um, is there one team that jumps out at you that, that you think maybe 
the team that can take down the Bruins? And I don't mean on on a series, but you know, is there somebody else that you think is a real Stanley Cup team? Well, huh. I really like Colorado. I, I, I know they don't have Landeskog and Lekkanen. I think they're going to get Lekkanen back here, you know, right for the playoffs. The old, you know, hey, look who's healthy right at the right at the first game of the playoffs thing. Um, uh, I think they defend Colorado really well. They've got an amazing couple of players that can, you know, that are playing as close to peak as you're going to get. And, um you know, in Malkin or in uh, McKinnon and, and McCarr and Ranton, it's had an amazing year. I think Colorado, I think Colorado can be a real factor, but they've got to fight their way out of that, that central division first. Like they might not even yep. get out of their division, you know? So like, like, you know, Minnesota and Dallas are not going to be pancakes going through there. Um, I, I do think, I really do think Toronto is a very good team. I think they could be a real problem. I think they'll beat Tampa in the first round. Um, I, I know we can all say Vasilevsky can steal four games. I think the key to the series is Victor Hedman. Um, he's not had a great year by Hedman standards. Um, if he ramps his game to a place that it's been before, that could be a deciding factor. One thing about the Bruins, for the most part, since December, their power play stinks. Mm-hmm. So they're doing this. You know, clo- they're going to be close to 130 points, even if they don't get the record, with a power play that's in the middle of the field. <laughs> penalties become few and far between. We we see it. Even though last year there were more penalties called, and I thought the officials did a really, really good job of of calling the game closer to the regular season standard. The Bruins don't need a great power play. They, they've given up, I think, 160 goals this year. Like 160. So how are you getting to three every night against Boston? Yeah. It hasn't been that way all year. And you probably have to be at three a game in order to beat them most nights. They're, they just, they, it's funny, you know, they're not like these blazers. They don't fly all around the ice. There's just no room. They play as a group of five on the ice, line to line, better than anyone I've seen in a long period of time. When I look at them, the only thing that gives me pause, honestly, their only thing is their top two centers are 37 years old. And two months is a long time to be healthy and fresh and sharp. Yeah. You're 30, and at 37, that's that's a tall ask. You, your prediction, your thought that the Maple Leafs will get past Tampa is—is is that as much the Maple Leafs being good or just Tampa hitting the wall after three and a half seasons? Uh, both, yeah. both. I mean, uh, look at, look, even go back to the team that got swept by Columbus, then the you know the Stanley Cup teams and the finalist team last year, and the Lightning are—they're just not the same team through age, number of games, uh, deletions in their lineup. They're just, they're just not the same group. And how, how really could they be? You know, so in the last three years, what if they played 65 games, I think, more I think than it's everybody se- else? Se- 70, 71, actually. I think the number is 71. And, com- and compacted, too, those first couple of years, right? Jammed right yeah. in. And last year, yeah. they don't win. But, oh, yeah, guess what? You still go all the way to the finals. So they are... <clears throat> 
they're worn down. Like I know I can only speak, you know, from my personal experience. We went to the semis the one year with the Islanders. I took two weeks off after we got eliminated. And all of a sudden it was June. And I'm like, oh my God, I got to get back in the gym. Like, and you're just not in it. You're tired and beat up and sore. And those guys are playing till July the last three years. Like it's, but I also think what I like about the Leafs is they don't, they don't give up a multitude of grade A chances per game like they have in the past. I think that's a real change in the look of their team. Um, Now they'll have to do it again in the playoffs and, you know, there'll be more more pressure on that defense, and the defense is going to have to hold the goalie. It's not going to be the other way around. Like, the goalie isn't bailing out the defense in Toronto game after game after game. Well, I want to talk about the goaltending in Toronto because it's a question mark again. But we'll take a break first. Ray, Ray Ferraro is uh, with us, and we'll come back after these messages. When was the last time everyone agreed on what's for dinner? You want Chinese food, they want pizza, and someone is always craving Froyo. Well, there's something for everyone on DoorDash. Ordering is easy. Open up the DoorDash app, choose what you want from where you want, and your items will be left safely outside your door with our default contactless delivery setting. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BOBCAST23. That's 25% off, up to $10 in value, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BOBCAST23. Don't forget, that's code BOBCAST23 for 25% off of your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. Shannon McCowan and Ray Ferraro is uh, with us. Um, we were talking about Leaf goaltending. It looks like Samsonov is going to be the guy. Murray may be hurt. Well, we, he is hurt. We don't know how seriously. We don't know if he'll miss time. And if so, how much? And yet, there are very few successful teams in NHL history that have gone into the playoffs with two goaltenders that matter. Generally speaking, you know who your goaltender is going to be, and most of the big teams in the in this league right now know who the number one goaltender is. I guess it's Samsonov with the Toronto Maple Leafs, but can you honestly say that if Murray is healthy, he won't get a start somewhere? I think he does. Um, is there any advantage to the fact that Samsonov may be on his own? Um, well, maybe in the short term. You know, if he gets on a good run, right, and that say he gets sure. a good start in game one, and you get on a little bit of a roll. The the thing that's always really kind of blown me away about the goalies that or the teams that win with essentially one goalie is every second day the same guys in the net with all the pressure, and there's no break. They don't practice. They're too tired. They get mm-hmm. you know from the Hall of Famers of Waugh and Brodeur to Darcy Kemper last year, like they're in there every second day. Oh, yeah, except Kemper was hurt, and Pavel Fransus took some of the starts for them. I think the the days of the number one playing every game in the playoffs are few and far between, A, because there's not many of those guys. B, the intensity of the games from the regular season on makes it really difficult to – 
to have one guy that's going to play them all. I, I think, guys, as we've talked about, the, the Bruins have lapped the field. I think they'll use both goalies in the playoffs. If they if they go deep, they haven't – I don't think Olmark has played four straight games this year. I, I, I could be wrong, but I, I don't think so. Their backup has a nine – Jeremy Swayman has a, like a 920 save percentage. Yeah. What if you win the first two games of the series and Olmark's eh, a little banged up a little bit, not much, but a little bit. Why wouldn't you start Swayman in game two or game three? Are you really losing that much? Well, exactly. But the Leafs, but the Leafs Bob, I don't, I thought they took a, a calculated swing. Uh, I like the Samson off move because I, I really, I think there's something there. I thought it was a bigger swing with Matt Murray. Uh, given his, I don't care about the Stanley Cups five, six years ago. Those are, you know, those are long, long time ago. It's the recent results and injury history. And, um, you know, and it's five million bucks, a so cut in half with the cap. You know, like they had, they had financial stuff they had to deal with. This is the best they could put together. Is it going to be good enough? Well, we're, we're going to find out. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I always felt Samson off. Like, this is just my feeling. I felt Samson off was going to be the playoff starter because i i think he's a better goalie okay yeah the the, the, fa- the fascination about that uh, uh ray is that in, in you discussing how colorado is the team that m- might jump out is that last year colorado won two series in sweeps oh, and yeah. that's the other that's the other aspect of this and when you talk about health and endurance if you can sweep the first round and sweep the third round, you're going to be in much better shape than you are than the other team if they go the distance. And that's I think that's going to be the Bruins' greatest advantage if they can if they can toss aside teams quickly. Well, just think if you if you're able to tell Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci, oh yeah, by the way, go home for four days. Right. Then I'll go home. We get a rest here, and then we'll come back and practice two days, and then you get another day off. Like that's that's uh, anybody that can get through any quicker is you know is is literally got money in their pocket. So I'll go back to that year again. We won in overtime a Friday night, and the league gave us a day old sandwich, and we played on Sunday afternoon at noon in game one of the conference finals. I mean, right. we, we, might, we had no chance and it's just, you get worn down and you, you've got what you've got. And so those quick exits in series, hundred percent, right, John, like that is, that, that is money in the bank. If you're able to get through quickly. How good is Carolina? I mean, this is the second best team in the NHL. We talk a lot about Boston, but, you know, Carolina's had a big year too. Um, is there a sense that there's something missing there? Oh yeah, for me there is. Um, you know, they at the deadline, the you know the the discussions in Carolina were around: can we add another forward? Can we add a one-shot score? Um, you know, they lost Max Pacioretty um, when he came back, and you know, unfortunately, retore his Achilles tendon, and no. they couldn't make the deal work for whatever reason for a score. And then they go lose their best scorer, Andre Svechnikov, uh, to ACL surgery. I, I think there's going to be a time somewhere that Carolina's going to go, you know what? And it kind of happened to them last year. We don't score enough. And mm-hmm. 
and it's and that's going to be the thing that that bites Carolina. Um, I I know I, I think you guys are pretty good baseball fans. I know you know it's it's I just love it. I just I'm so pumped. The season's here. In the '90s, the Atlanta Braves ran over everybody in the regular season. They won every year. I think they won ten division titles out of eleven, and they won one World Series. They were a team built for the regular season, and that's kind of what I look at Carolina like game over game. They play with such pace, with such energy, with such depth that they're a regular season team when they need to kick it up a notch. I just don't know if the offense is going to be there for them. Yeah. So Colorado is the next best team for you, right? For me. Yeah. I, I just see a whole bunch of teams kind of, Lob together there and well, they are and you see, yeah 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 and you're like what do you think about toronto or carolina or the rangers or the devils or minnesota like they're all the same i mean they've all yeah. got they're all a little bit different but they're all the same and what if what if one of those teams gets into the second round and just catches an absolute heater you know the team that scares would scare me is minnesota yeah well yeah. They, I, I mean I, they were impressive they were impressive in denver the other night i'll tell you that and that's and this no, is right now. This is without Kaprizov. No Kaprizov. Um, you know, Flurry. You know, stumbled around in the mid part of the year, and you know, a trade that happens in last July for cap purposes, really. Cam Talbot and Philip Gustafson, which nobody really pays much attention to, turns out to be a season saver for them because Gustafson has been amazing for them. So they've got good goaltending. They play hard. They're physical. They're big, and um, you know they. They also have, you know, the emerging star in Matt Boldy. And right. I, you know, so with Kaprizov out and Boldy taking a leap here, I I think that's a really, really dangerous team. Do you, do you conscious, do you, does, uh, you, you've been there, so you know. Do you play differently when the, does a team play differently when the playoffs come? Like, you know, do you know what, you know, you're in game one, but you know what you've done during the season to get to where you are. You know what kind of a team you are. You know what kind of an individual player you have to be. But do you try and do things differently during the playoffs when they come along? Not differently, but better. Everything better. Everything more intense. Everything ramped up. You, Bob, there's like a... Oh, I don't know. I'd like, you know, when we first got in in Hartford, I, I think there was a naivety to it. You know, we were just in it. Hey, isn't this fun? And the first 10 minutes of our first game against Quebec, Mike Liute was unbelievable. We were all skating around. We never touched a puck. It was, we're like, what are we doing here? Like, we can't even yeah. keep up to these guys. But Liute saved us. And we got into the series and, and we found a level that we didn't, you don't know you have it until you get pushed to it. Right. When you get to the playoffs, like every puck, like it's going around the boards. It's just about out at the blue line in the regular season. You're going to try to get it out in the playoffs. That puck is the most important puck that you've ever tried to get out of the zone. And as soon as you get it out of the zone, the next puck is the most important. So I would say that's the difference is that everything matters. Everything hits so much harder. Like a goal you give up, it just hits you so hard. And then you have to be able to flush it away and get right back to it. Because, uh, you know, you can lose 9-1 in a game and it doesn't really matter. 
but man, a series can go fast. You play five days, play three games, and all of a sudden you're down three to nothing, and the series is over. Geez, that was a fun nine months. You just played three extra games. Now you're going to lose anyway. It's like, it is a, it is such a great time. I'm, you know, I, I did, I think, 26 games last year. You know, I'm lucky enough to do, do them right between the benches. And you can just feel the difference every, every game. You just, yeah. you know what, Ray, I've, you can smell it. You can smell it in the air. You can smell yeah. it in the air. It's so good. Aren't you, just, aren't you just envious of the, like, of the ability to compete for something that means so much? I miss it. <laughs> I, I don't miss playing well, the 82 games. I miss the playoff games. But then as soon as I see the first couple of collisions, I'm like, I'm in the right spot. Well, I, I tell you what, I, I, I've been, I think I've been to 32 Stanley Cup finals. Uh, and I'm exhausted by the 30. I'm exhausted by I get to the Stanley Cup final. I can only imagine playing. <laughs> well, well, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you a quick story last, last year. So Colorado's up three to one. We're in Denver. And, you know, like... Everybody, everybody covering it and everybody working it is just exhausted. And you know that Tampa's Tampa's going to make a last stand here. You just you just feel it. And you know Colorado's got all their family in, and they're thinking about even though they don't want to, they're thinking about oh my gosh, we're one win away. Well, they lose the game. Nachuskin gets hit in the foot. Um, yeah. He leaves the game. <laughs> So we go back for game six and we're staying in the same hotel as, as the teams or as Colorado. And in the morning I'm getting a coffee and the abs are going over to the morning skate and the Chuskins in a hotel slipper, like one of the Marriott little slippers they put in your room because he can't get his foot into a skate. And and like, well, that's suboptimal. Like, I guess he's going to, and then he played like, they're so beyond beat up and exhausted to just even get there and then to be that close and not win what must be just devastating and it's it's the it's the best just watching their joy of to win uh, to see andrew cogliano last year with sure. the stanley cup and tears in his eyes and man it's it's just it's the best it's it's just so fun to be a small part of it's a great time of year. There's no question about that, whether you're a hockey fan or not. Um, I know you've got to go. You've got things to do. We thank you very much for taking some time for us today, and uh, hopefully we chat again soon down the road. Thank you, Ray. Yep, anytime, guys. Uh, appreciate it. And, um, yeah, we got what we got one week to go here. We'll figure out where everybody's playing. They'll send us our schedule, and then it's scattered to the winds and try not That's to it. screw it up. Yep. Travel, travel uh, safe, right? Yeah, that's Ray, Ray Ferraro. We'll uh, take a break and come back with more after this. The Bob McCowan Podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual. So when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it's a career change, a new relationship, or even becoming a parent. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. 
The therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and teaching you productive coping skills. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash bobcast. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bobcast. Our thanks very much to uh, Ray Ferraro for joining us uh, today. He was on his way to the airport to catch a flight. That was impressive. What? Driving the car and talking to us. That Driving was impressive. The... Yeah, well, can't you drive and talk at the same time? Um, my wife would tell me some days I shouldn't. <laughs> I would miss my turn. I might miss my turn off. <laughs> well, we, we understand that much, at least. Uh the Toronto Blue Jays opened their regular season with uh, three at St. Louis, and they lost two of them. Um, I think Game Three, the the disappointment was in in uh, in in the pitching. Um, they just Game didn't One get... as well, Bob. Game One. I mean, yeah, Manoa know, did one, not... Manoa was you know Manoa was not good in Game One, and Chris Bassett was not good in Game Three. Yep. Well, what do you make of that? Is you know, it's a long <laughs> season. It's still 159 to go. Well, it, it's uh, it, it's one of those ones where you know, we talk in hockey about uh, that that first barrier you measure thing against is usually around U.S. Thanksgiving. In baseball, I think you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's 60 games, right? You, you look at a 60 game marker and say because yeah, well, uh, up until then would say that, yeah. Uh, up and uh, up until that point, the slogan that everybody uses is, "It's early. Be patient. It's early." And yeah. so, now what I will tell you is that I think the Jays are going to be tremendously entertaining. <laughs> you know, if this keeps up, you know they may. You know, I, and I suspect their pitching will come around, but their hitting is just—it's going to be so much fun to watch. I think. And yet they haven't—they haven't shown any power at all. No, but it that that park in St. Louis, but the park, but but the park in St. Louis is that a home runners park, home run park? It's not really. Well, I don't think so, and and but they didn't hit that many shots to the warning track either, you know. So I don't think that was a factor. They just didn't hit the ball far. They hit it hard right. sometimes. A lot of singles, yeah. few doubles, you know. They just you know that first game where they scored ten, and they had what nineteen hits or something ridiculous. But yeah. none of them were home runs, and out of a team, a Blue Jay team, you'd be surprised at that. Now, maybe this is the kind of team that will, will that will be a single and double team. Maybe this team doesn't have the power it once did. Well, you, by getting rid of uh, Hernandez, you get rid of a bit of power. Yeah, but Chapman's going to hit the long ball. Bichette's going to sometimes hit the long ball. Springer's going to hit the long ball. I don't you, think you think so. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, he will. Um, so, so they have sacrificed a little bit of uh, of of home run hitting for hopefully some more proficient batting. You hope. Well, yeah, hope is a, a big word at this time but, of year. But 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 and and it'll it it'll also be interesting to see how they when when you talk about hitters park is. <laughs> How much that changes at the new with the new dimensions at at, at Rogers Center too, right? Whether that's yeah. going to be a factor. Well, you play ten games on the road to is it ten? I think. I think so. Yeah. Season. <laughs> um, that's a very difficult task. Um, you know, you get behind the eight ball in a real hurry. 
before you get home and get a chance to win some games in your own park. Um, I think. But I mean, if you're going to Kansas City, if you're going to Kansas City, you're better than Kansas City, Bob. Well, you think, yeah, but but again, you're playing in their ballpark. I mean, you'd have to be satisfied with with two and two. You'd like to be three and one. You'd love to be four and zero, but really. Two and two would be an okay road trip into into Kansas City, and then you got to go to California, right? Yes, which is weird because for a, no, a no short, Eastern team one, goes goes to California for one series, right? One series, but but in essence, this is because the Jays requested this in order to buy right, themselves exactly. the time and the renovation. I I would assume. Mm-hmm. From that perspective, I, I I think I was shocked. You know, the both Bassett and Manoa to me were, you know, you know, we 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 really were upset with Barrios last year the way he pitched on opening day, and then we and we wondered about it. But to have Manoa, who's supposed to be the ace, pitch as uh, inconsistently as he did, I think first first four innings he had no less than five batters in an inning at that point uh that's that's got to be concerning and then i bassett to me is a little less concerning because i i think that there has to be a chemistry issue i know it's an, an individual position in in a team sport but i i think he's going to take time to come around a little longer than the guys that we've seen here before don't you what do you think about bassett calling his own pitches well i i've always wondered yeah i I've, I've always wondered why pitchers don't do more of that you know, and and in and in essence, when they shake the catcher off, aren't they? You know, in the old days, isn't that what they're doing? In essence, but you know, you don't have a lot of pitchers that shake your catcher off. You know, sixty, seventy times in a ball game. But no, but I, but I that to me, I think speaks to familiarity. I mean, this is you know, these guys have not worked together a lot. They've talked a lot. I know since spring training started. This is going ba- to take think time. That- do you think that Bassett will give up that um, control of of calling his own pitches in time when he feels his catcher has a better idea of what to call? I wouldn't be surprised of that if there's a that comfort factor comes. That that to me makes makes some sense. But until he has a hundred percent confidence, I think that he's probably better. He's probably better doing it for himself anyway. Maybe I, I would. I know I would. I've always, as I said, I've always wondered why catchers have had so much influence, particularly on the big guys. But, but again, it goes to preparation and detail, right? Because you know darn well uh, on the day before a, a an outing, a pitcher and a catcher would sit and talk and say here and go through the lineup and say here's here's how I'm going to pitch this guy. Here here's how I'm going to pitch this guy. Um, and and that understanding and that chemistry, you know, starts from the first day they work together. That's just going to take time in my mind for, for Bassett and, and, and the Jays catchers, whichever one it is. Uh, we get Barrios tonight. And that's, that's a big if uh, based on what we saw last year, what he did at the world baseball classic <laughs> this year. I don't know. Do you feel like he's, he's a bill has the ability to bounce back? Fingers crossed, Bob. That's what I got. I got fingers crossed. So that, the answer is no. Right. No. No, and I'm the no. same way. I don't know. I have no idea whether this guy can return to the form he had. I mean, he doesn't have a 95, 96, 97 mile an hour fastball. And at the end of the day, if you're throwing, you know, breaking balls up there, um, if they're not perfect, they get hit. 
Yeah. Sometimes they get hit hard. And that happened the only, to him almost the, all of last year. The only thing I would say is that I know he didn't have a great time at the World Baseball Classic, but he was he was in a much higher level of competitive baseball than anything at spring training. So he might he might be in better shape that way. Um, what's what's hard to hard to imagine though is that we're actually waiting for a Kikuchi pitching assignment because we've heard so many good things about him well, through the first. I- Six or I saw seven him weeks. pitch. I, I guess you did too. But we saw him pitch at, at spring training, and I know that yeah. that's a very bad thing to make, you know, base an opinion on. But um, he looks good. Yep. You know what, Bob? It's early. <laughs> we got fifty-seven more games of it's early. We get used to it. That's that is the action. Everybody, I, every year we hear this. Every year the Jays yeah, off hear, to a good you hear start. From managers and general it, managers. And absolutely, stuff. It, it's it's uh, it's one of those ones where I mean, 162 games is so long, Bob. I mean, ten, well, I get it. Trends and tendencies are are, are so difficult to to manage. Let's let's not that forget that when you when you get to the uh, final week of September, <laughs> and you need one win to get in. You know, do you think back to April and a game you gave away or you didn't play well in? Probably no, not. You don't. You should. But you should, right? Yeah. But you don't, you know. And uh, the other thing is, is that what, what it probably needs to be discussed is, um, you know, the, the Jays with the balanced schedule, um, how, is that going to be a positive or a negative for them? Well, you think it'll be a positive because fewer games against the Yankees, Tampa Bay, and, well, not Boston anymore. Maybe it's Baltimore now. But Baltimore, yeah. Certainly the Yankees in Tampa Bay, you play less against them, that's got to be better because they're hard teams yeah. to beat. Yeah, I, I just wonder if you're, if you're going to play we'll more National League teams, do you understand them? I don't know. It's we'll see. Yeah. Uh, listen, we got to get out of here. Again, our thanks to Ray Ferraro for being with us. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you'll join us. For uh, John Shannon, this is Bob McCown. Goodbye, everybody. 